Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I think it worked, by God. Yeah, we we are on StreamYard for the first time with Brace for Impact, man. I'm excited about this. Me too. Here's hoping this whole thing works this time and doesn't <laughs> blow up in our faces like last time. Yeah, yeah. So we've had uh, issues the last couple of weeks. We've uh, been stuck on Zoom and uh, with all of our technical difficulties. But uh, JD was uh, gracious enough to spend some extra time with uh, with our homeboy Jeremy. He is a BFI original and uh, went over some of the software. I think we're good now, man. I think I think we're live, pal. We're on. We're on this deal. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, man. And a quick uh, housekeeping note, a quick announcement. So um, if you're listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and if you're watching along on YouTube, um, you're going to get this whole show for free. Uh, we're, we're just going to upload the entire thing. So typically the stuff that you would normally hear on Patreon that you would have to pay for, we're just giving you that this week for free as we test out this new software and as we test out a new process. So we're pretty excited about that. So we're uploading the whole show to YouTube. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then of course on, on Patreon, man. We're pretty excited about that. Yeah, man. This is, uh, this is everyone getting a free sample of what the Brace for Impact Life is all about. And it was a pretty good episode to start with. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was, I I really enjoyed this episode. Um, it took me a little bit to get the to get it going. I, I had uh, had you know when I whenever I get off work, so um, I get off work at four thirty and I get home, and it's usually like right around five o'clock. Well, the show comes on at two p.m. Hawaii time, right? It ends at four p.m. Hawaii time. I get home, we rush into dinner, and then immediately I have to come upstairs to watch the show, um, and that process just did not work tonight. So I started watching the show a little bit late i was able to skip all the commercials skip some of the entrances and i was able to record right on time um and i i thought you know impact did a really good job putting this episode together and i'm actually getting more excited for slammiversary mike i'm not gonna lie i was like oh man i want to do this show right when we were talking like oh, I, I just started 90 minutes like fine so i went down and watched the first episode of kenobi it freaking rules if you have disney plus do yourself a favor Ooh. this weekend and watch okay. kenobi it's yeah. have you seen have you seen Unforgiven? Of course. I'm a man. We're getting the Star Wars version of Unforgiven. Bro, I am excited about that, dude. So I I will likely be watching the first episode of Kenobi right after we're done recording here tonight. So it's the first two are up. So you're like, let's go. I said, ah, I need I need five minutes. I need five minutes. <laughs> I had to yeah. finish it. It's it's pretty awesome. So I can't, the first two episodes are up. So yeah, we had, to, it was a good night, man. Good wrestling. Good Star Wars stuff is always better than bad Star Wars stuff and bad wrestling. Yeah. So it's good. Good to be here. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're having a great night. Much better than the last couple couple weeks tonight. Great night for everybody. Great night for all involved. It was a great night for Laredo Kid as he defeated Black Taurus on the BTI pre-show. And that was Talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI with us. They had both luchadors on the, the the BTS show this week, huh? Yeah, they did. They had uh, two of their two luchadors in the company, and uh, naturally, um, one of them has to lose. So I was upset that one of them lost. But what can you do? They were wrestling each other. Maybe double DQ. I don't know. But at least you know Laredo Kid, who is in the singles division, uh, at least he got a victory. So that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, somebody, somebody sent us another message or another comment and said, Hey, looks, look, you guys are going to have to actually cover BTI this week uh, because they have a good match. We're like, no, no, no way, sir. We are not covering BTI. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That can't happen. We covered BTI one time. 
And that was the marathon. What do they call it? Iron Man match. Iron Man. We will never do it again. No, no, never, never going to happen. Uh, Opening video was highlighted by Violent by Design failing to recapture the tag team titles last week and coming to blows uh, at the end of the show, setting up their match with the Briscoes and Josh Alexander. So big time main event, Briscoes and Josh Alexander versus Violent by Design. Uh, Look, that that was a great, great main event. And uh, our first match here is uh, I don't know if it's a dream match, but this is a match that I personally have been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, Trey Miguel and Alex Shelley in an Ultimate X qualifying match. Uh, and I thought this was just a tremendous way to start the show. Uh, Alex Shelley, I don't know what's up with that guy. He he just turned 39. I just turned 39. He looks amazing. I look the way that I look, which some would say is the opposite of amazing. Um, and I'm like just so jealous of this dude that he's just fit. He is tan. He doesn't seem to be hurting. I hurt all the time. Uh, and he has been wrestling for over 20 years and I sit at a computer all the time. So I, I don't know. I don't understand how he is aging the way that he's aging, but I thought he looked tremendous tonight in this opening match with Trey Miguel. One, you're being a little hard on yourself. You take pretty good care of yourself, my friend. <laughs> Two, <clears throat> He looks great. Like realistically, I don't know if he doesn't feel anything like let's be real. There's no way he's waking up every morning. Like, man, I just feel great to be alive because I don't. (laughs) And I, and I just spent a lifetime at a wrestling match, not a ring. So I imagine he's miserable in the morning, but who isn't that being said, dude, this was a great match. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was a time, like I would say about halfway through, I was like, man, are they, when are they going to kick this match up into gear? I was like, when are they going to get into the next gear? Or are they just going to end it soon? And that at that moment, they kicked it into another gear and they just went for near fall after near fall. Uh, we'll, we'll go, we'll go here towards the end. Um, Shelly managed to escape and it once again was uh, back and forth slugfest with both men attempting to gain momentum to put away this match, battling with dueling forearm shots in the middle of the ring. Shelly, with the advantage, and Miguel is nailed with some huge chops, followed by Shelly nailing his arm over his shoulder, looking to hyperextend it. Uh, Miguel wouldn't quit, and both men looked for finishers, but came up unsuccessful until Shelly nailed Miguel with a driver for only a two-count. A shocked Shelly uh, followed up with automatic midnight for once again for a two-count. Shelly was thrown off of his game, and after a quick near fall, a relentless Miguel rolled up Shelly in a mahi struck cradle for the victory. So he actually went for several different variations of a cradle and then eventually got the mahi struck cradle for the victory. Uh, I thought it was a great way to end the match. Um, I, I feel like this is a match that they could do again down the road because, yes, Trey Miguel won this one. I don't think Alex Shelley lost anything in defeat here. Um, and I thought, again, you know, Trey Miguel looked amazing in, in, in the victory here too. Yeah, man, I thought he looked awesome. Um, I kind of think Trey needed a little bit, so I'm, I'm good with it. Like, um, I don't know what we do with – you know, Shelley's just so in and out of this company. Like, I don't know what tomorrow ever is for him, realistically speaking. So, you know, I get it. He had to be done. Yeah, yeah, had to be done. So uh, Trey Miguel heads over to uh, Slammiversary, and he is the next contestant in the Ultimate X uh, coming up at Slammiversary. So now we got we have a uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, who we'll talk about later in the show, and um, Kenny King. So there's our top four. Uh, what what are you thinking of this Ultimate X match at Slammiversary so far? I'm thinking it's going to rule. Yeah, like how can it how can it be bad? I want to see who. I really want to see who rounds this whole thing out, right? Because so yeah. far, so good. Hey, you know who'd be really good as one of the uh, unnamed competitors? The Rado Kid. <laughs> well, he lost his qualifying match, so he can't do it. That doesn't matter. He'd still be really good in this match, and they could actually, you know, use him a little bit. 
just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So, uh, you know, I did actually see some of the spoilers. Um, I don't. I try not to read too much into those, but I, I saw a little bit because there was a couple things I was interested in. And I don't remember exactly who they have as the next two contestants in this match. And God, Illa has been messaging me about it. He's like, do you remember? I'm like, no. And I really don't want to go back and actually read the spoilers because I actually do like to find out things that happen when they happen on TV. Okay, That's how I prefer to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you were – okay, Laredo Kid aside because he lost, right? If you had to pick any X Division star, past or present, that is available. Now, reasonably available, right? So I can't, so I can't pick AJ Styles. You can't. You can't. You can't pick AJ Styles, right? Uh, I would say Samoa Joe off the table, table, right? You you know what I mean. So they're not in WWE and AEW, but somebody that that they could reasonably get for the match. Who would you pick? Based on this past week, Harumu Takahashi. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that would back. That's actually very interesting. He he did say he wants a title shot. Scott Demore has granted him a title shot. Um, he defeated Ace Austin in the best of the Super Juniors earlier this week. So, man, I I think that's a very interesting one. Um, since they're kind of going with the TNA 20th anniversary theme, um, I want to see Amazing Red in the match. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Now this is just me just being completely ignorant. They may have already told people that were at the tapings exactly who it is, so I just don't remember. And I'm not saying that they're going to do a surprise thing, but if they could somehow find a way to put Amazing Red in there, I'd be pretty happy about that. I don't want to know. You know, like I'm I'm much happier watching like I'm much happier watching a TNE TV show not knowing what's going to happen, right? So yeah. if they I don't I'm someone's going to be going they don't know. No, we don't know. I'm staying spoiler free, which made Kenobi so much more fun, actually, that I did not know anything about it going in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next, we got Jim Miller backstage with the Briscoes and Josh Alexander. All three men stated that they're looking forward to tonight's main event and remaining on top as uh, the best that Impact had to offer. Before the Briscoes could step away, they were interrupted by the Good Brothers looking to challenge. So the Good Brothers basically said that you're not champions until you actually get a victory over the Good Brothers. I don't know how that works, but I kind of understood where they were coming from because they've been the top dogs for two years. And it's like, okay, you guys got the titles now. Uh, you beat Violent by Design for them, but until you beat us, you're not really the champions. Um, so I, I thought this was a pretty effective promo, and I like the transition over to the Good Brothers. Yeah, that's fine. This is a this is one of our main matches in Impact. Although, like, I don't know, the part of me starts to feel like the Good Brothers is so played out because they've been so on top here for the last two years. But depending on what happens with the contract thing, them, you know, maybe if they are on their way out, you know, passing the baton to the Good Brother or to the uh, uh, Briscoes is the way to go. Otherwise, you know. I don't know, I guess it'll be fine. I don't know. I just I feel like I'm over the Good Brothers right now. What do you think? I I I feel the same way. I you know, and I thought that this whole Bullet Club thing was going to really light a fire into them and I have been impressed with some of their work lately. I really liked that match last week with OGK. Yeah, it was I good. thought that was fantastic. And I get the feeling that the Briscoes match is going to be very good too. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know how interested I am in the match itself, but um after seeing the Briscoes again here tonight, I like anything that they're doing right now, I think is great. So, oh, they're great. They're uh, fantastic. They have, they have breathed new life into the division our sparse division as it is. And I think they could, they breathe some nothing themselves. It's, it's fun to see the Briscoes, you know, in a new place doing something different. They've been so ring of honor affiliated for so long that it's kind of fun to see them in a new place. Yeah. Yeah. They've been great here in impact. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing them some more uh, next match. We have uh, Masha Slamovich 
she took on Havoc here. Um, and this is basically Masha's first big test. She's taking on Havoc as a former uh, former knockouts champion. Um, after an immediate stare down, both women slapped each other across the face and it was game on. Slamovich gained the upper hand after landing some boots. As previous uh, Prey had learned, a Slamovich mas- match never lasts long as Masha nailed Havoc with the snowplow for the victory as the shocked Rosemary looked on. I'm kind of glad that they went, they kept the squash theme here, but she squashed, you know, a r- reputable competitor finally. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tom lost his mind. I can't believe it. Like he he pulled out some of his he pulled out some of his old WWE tricks in that one. Like okay, that's <laughs> it's havoc. Like we all knew yeah. this was coming. Like I imagine we're gonna I, get a Rosemary match coming out of this too, right? I, I'm assuming I'm assuming so that she'd be Rosemary too. She's the more credible of the two. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, this is what you do with older with oh yeah. I'll say it older. She's been around forever. This is what you do with the old talent. You help put them on, put them put over the new ones and move the product along it just i don't know it's it's fine like yeah this is probably what you do i'd like to see a little more story with her because it's really yeah. not we're not really doing much to a story like she's squashing people that's fine i have no qualm with that whatsoever let's see wardlow but <clears throat> i wanted i'd like to see uh some storytelling with masha right instead of her right. just killing people yeah, I, so I think this was the next progression because she's been beating up nobodies for a long time since it's I think November. November. Yeah, she's beating up nobody since November. Well, she came in and um, despite Havoc's latest win-loss record, she does have a little, a bit more credibility than the talent that she's been competing against and uh, was able to beat her just as easy as she beat everybody else. And mm-hmm. so um, I think the story begins is her march towards a title shot uh, eventually, depending on who comes out of the Queen of the Mountain match at uh, Slammiversary. So. I don't again that's this is me just being the narrative guy nitpicking that's not really a story like you need to have like some like their stakes are there but I mean like give me like something else yeah. like what is standing in her way why like right I'm a, I'm a Robert McKee guy so a story you know you have a you have a protagonist they have a goal right something is standing in their way and they have to overcome obstacles and like, there's got to be something personal in there. And when they reach their goal, they're changed, right? That's a story. So I need like, the nuts and bolts are there, right? But I need the stuff. I need the connective tissue. I need to have, I need to feel like this is a character. Like Masha needs, I need to know what is she other than just someone who beats people up? Like we don't right. really know anything about her. And that's, I think after six months, like, I feel like I, I need a little more at the seven months. I feel like I need a little more at this point to get invested in her and his character. Again, I'm not, I can't just get, Oh man, that match was good. Like good wrestling is everywhere. There's so much good wrestling everywhere now. Like, Oh yeah. Let's, let's, let's embrace some storytelling. Like, let me, give me, give me a story. Give me a why. Give me, give me some feelings. Give me something. No, I, I I totally get it, and um, I I hope they start to give us that soon. So, mm-hmm. um, Trey Miguel was backstage being congratulated on his victory earlier tonight by Impact talent, including Alex Shelley. Uh, Kenny King interrupted and started talking uh, down to Miguel before Blake Christian, of all people, stepped up and challenged King to a match for his Ultimate X opportunity. Uh, Christian's uh, dialogue here kind of reminded me why he probably didn't make it in uh, WWE. Um, <laughs> Did you watch any of his NXT 2.0 stuff? I was out by that point. So I I, I only noticed because this is when I did the, the flagship with Garrett, right? When I when I co-hosted with him, is I watched one 2.0 and, and he was still on the show. And his character was he was a dork with a hot girlfriend. 
<laughs> that was his character. He's a it's dork. Pretty close to real life. Uh, based on tonight, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, they really didn't go too far with that, did they? Yeah. It's probably why he got. It's probably why he got that part on the show. Like, um, I think Blake's really good in the ring, but oh, uh, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but the character stuff not there yet. But this is what you can do in Impact is you can really find yourself. See Ace Austin, like, yes. um, so you know it is what it is. He. He did, he did come off like because even Kenny King's like, who are you? And I I, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, Kenny, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was like, because uh, and Kenny's calling himself the um the greatest X division champion of all time, which is a a bit of a stretch, I would say. It's, it's you know what it is. It's very honky tonk esque. Yes. Yeah. Right. When he would say yeah. people like, well, he's not the greatest intercontinental champion of all. Yeah. That's the, that's the bit dork. Right. Like that's the point. So that's I the think whole gimmick, dude. That's, um, that's the heat. If you will. Yeah. The heat. So Christian's uh, challenged him to a match for his ultimate X opportunity. Uh, but King turned him down before Miguel mock Kings claims of being the best champ ever. King then accepted that uh, Christian's challenge uh, for next week. So if they can find a way to get Christian in that match, I think that's cool too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I hope they sign Blake Christian. I think he fits in great on this roster. Uh, me too uh, and this is a if if he wants to learn how to do promos i think this is a great place for him mm-hmm. to learn how to do promos because uh like you, you you referenced ace austin who's turning into a pretty good promo mm-hmm. i will i will um also bring up uh w morrissey oh absolutely who was not a good promo before he came here and then now he has turned into a good promo and steve macklin uh, he might have been a good promo before he came here but we never got to see that mm-hmm. in wwe but we have seen that now so <laughs> Yeah, Morrissey's big thing was spelling spelling words wrong in WWE. <laughs> and now he's come here and he's got a character, like I was talking about right. before. Like, we know what makes him tick. We know about him as a human being. We care about him. And I agree. I think that if, uh, you know, I think it's what's great about Impact. Like I was called before. It's like Memphis, right? You get guys that come in the door. Maybe they don't stay forever, but they can really improve on their craft while they're here. And we mm-hmm. know Blake's a guy that can go in the ring. He's been good for a long time. But his... uh what did I, I forget who called someone called it a oh, Kevin Kelly called it a WWE excursion like yeah. with Alex Zane that thought that was hilarious the same thing with, yeah. with Blake Christian you know it didn't it didn't do much for him realistically like, I don't think he's any better he clearly didn't get better in promos but I think here he can do that he can make those strides so I'd like to see it I hope hope he sticks around yeah, me too. Uh, Swan was backstage and stated that if Matt Cardona and his digital media title wanted to hide, he would go looking for them. He then changed his focus and challenged Matthew Raywalt, the king of all drama, to a future match due to the fact that Raywalt cost him his opportunity at the World Championship at Slammiversary. Um, so it looks like we're getting that match. That's great. Is Cardona ever coming back? He keeps saying he's coming back, and then um, and he's been advertising himself and uh, Kurt Hawkins, uh, aka Brian Myers, as the the major players, and that they're the best tag team in uh, Impact. Yet they have not actually had a tag team match in Impact, um, and they're being advertised for shows in Atlanta coming up and in Louisville. But on this on one of the nights that Cardona is being advertised in Louisville, he's already being advertised for a show in LA for GCW. So I don't know what's going on with that guy. I, I'm trying to insert the fake COVID test joke, but I can't find the proper opportunity to slip that in. So uh, I, I would say that save that for the Patreon, room. but we do have a bit later for that. So oh, we do? Good. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. It's, um, it's not exclusive to Patreon this week, but we do so, have a bit for that. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I've been saying it for months that this guy is being really underutilized here. Well, and perhaps he's not being paid what he thinks right. he should be. So 
Well, I, the reason why he's being underutilized is because he's not as available as they would like him to be. But th- what, but what well, comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? That's or, what I'm saying. Is he like, not as available as they would like him to be because they don't want to pay him the money that he wants? I, I don't know what, what the deal is. So. I think if he's pro- – well, he's proven to be a draw in the indies, right? Yeah. Is like Zack Ryder, of all people, now legitimately is a draw on top of being like, you know, easy to get over. So if – if it's tell me this. If, if like – if GCW, you're making more of GCW than you are of Impact, that's an issue for Impact, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to lose out on bookings to indie shows, right? Yeah. That have subpar uh, video production. When Impact's mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, usually some of the best, right? Yeah, they have some work lately, but I mean, like, it's still better than most. So, I mean, like, maybe we got to pony up the money because I think Cardona could be a top guy in this company if if we can get everybody on the same page and it looks like we're struggling with that right now if they can get guaranteed dates on the guy or first rights to the guy they could get behind him and he can help carry the company and actually sell some damn tickets but they got to pony up that scratch man like yeah, it's man. like you said chicken egg like like we're seeing this in the bigger stage with, with like mjf right like he's talking about that stuff like he wants to be paid his value cardona is old school man he's going where the money's good like he's matt cardona is modern day bruiser brody quote me there there you go. Yeah, I, I, um, not not in the ring, but but his business savvy, the I business savvy. Right yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Absolutely. That was more of a joke than anything else. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're trying to get heat, pal. Trying to try. I'm working with the clickbait. Trying to get the clickbait. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're also trying to get blocked by John LaRocca. So, but <laughs> <laughs> if I haven't been yet, I don't think I will be. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Grace, uh, she defeated, speaking of uh, Matt Cardona, she defeated old Chelsea Green here. Um, you know, I got to say this. I'm pretty tough on Chelsea. Um, I thought this was one of the better matches I've seen her in in a long time. Um, and maybe that's because of Jordan Grace. I don't know. But I thought I thought Chelsea looked great here. I like heel Chelsea. Chelsea heel Chelsea's great. And uh, good, good little match that they had here. Yeah, this was fine. I think that uh, Chelsea played a very effective chicken shit heel. Yeah. Right. She's a good heel. I I think that she should never be a baby face. Never. Right? I think she's terrible at that, but she's really good at this role. And Jordan is very likable. Right. And you have like, like, I like the dynamic here, like um, big, strong baby face, weaselly little heel. Right. It, it, it worked really well. And, you know, Jordan's pretty good. And I think that uh, I can't say she carried her in there because I don't know enough to, to make that statement, but Right. I will say this is the best match I've seen Chelsea Green wrestle, and I can't think of a better one off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I I um I I I totally agree with you. I thought I thought this match was great. And um you, you one can say that Grace carried the match, but I think Chelsea played her role very well and very mm-hmm. effective. And they the two just have a good chemistry there that uh, they could probably do something with this match down the road, I think. Chelsea could be very Miz like. Yeah. For a career, yeah. but, but but better. So uh, that's for Scott. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, Chelsea is probably Scott's favorite uh, wrestler. Yeah, apparently we have a visitor, and I wasn't prepared for this. Oh, really? But Who's... Brady Brady Childs wants to hop in. I didn't. Okay, should we let you... him in? <laughs> I wasn't expecting this, bro. You tweeted out the link. I thought we were live on YouTube. You you tweeted out the link, and I retweeted oh. it. I thought so, we were live on YouTube. So you're still learning how to do this stuff. <laughs> but, no, Brady's shaking his head. Apparently, apparently not. Well, I'm an idiot. What do you want? Should we let him on the okay. show? 
you, I thought you time. tweeted out the YouTube link. Hey, hey, Brandon. no, you, no, you screwed up enormously. That's what I do. I'll go fix that. We we definitely screwed up if we let fucking Brady on this show. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with Impact. I'm pulling up the report now. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out and joining our show and contributing nothing. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna remove you then, Brady. Yeah. Bye, everybody. See ya, Brady. <laughs> We have no idea what we're doing. No, we're, hey, we're learning as we go. And I appreciate Brady showing up and telling me we're not in fact live, even though it tells me we're live. So I assumed we were live. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought we were live on YouTube. Turns so did I. You just tweeted the a way to, to hack into the show. I did. It's too bad more people didn't try. I keep lighting them on, to be honest with you. So, oh, gosh. We're going to get fired. I, well, yes, probably. But yeah, go down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, uh, Scott Demora's backstage. Uh, he was interrupted by Honor No More. Uh, Mike Bennett asked Demora uh, if he wanted to address the elephant in the room as his wife was attacked last week and she's sitting home uh, because of their unsafe work environment. Uh, Bennett stated that he wanted the Good Brothers at Slam anniversary, but Demora informed him that they were already in a match challenging for the world titles. I'm going to give credit. I know Impact really wanted to make that tag team title match at Slam anniversary a 56 way. But they're keeping it as a, a just one team versus one team. But you know, you know, it's eating away at them that they don't have more teams in that match, and you know they wanted OGK in it, right? Oh, for sure. They're saying AEW they're going to have a three way match for the tag team titles this week, and then when that's what we do, that's what we do. So you know, but they're showing yeah. some restraint. Scott showed yeah. a little restraint for a change. I like it. Absolutely. Um, but he said that. Um, he said uh, Matt Taven then took exception, and before Demore could leave, Eddie Edwards stated that if Honor and Moore aren't getting what they want, nobody's getting what they want before walking off. Um, and then it says right here, Gia Miller is backstage with Diana Prazo, and then the article cuts off. So thank you, Observer. I don't have the rest of the show in front of me, so oh. I have to find that. So while you're finding that, do you remember when we said that PCO was going to split away from Honor No More and become a babyface? Well, we really nailed that one, didn't we? Yeah. They- chalk that up to a long list of things that Mike and JD have thought that have never happened. So yeah, I don't know. It sure seemed that way. Yeah. I, I think they should do that, but they have not. So I got the rest of the show oh, pulled good. up here. <laughs> yeah. So Gia Miller was backstage with Perrazzo. Uh, Perrazzo is upset that every woman entering impact wanted to make their name off of competing with her before Perrazzo could continue. Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans interrupted and Steeles offered Perrazzo to take out the Mia Yim problem together. So, uh, I think they're going to team up again here pretty soon. Um, the next, we get a a TNA original all time classic match. Um, well, this is not this match was not an all time classic. Good match, but the two TNA originals is what I meant um, to say, and a rematch of a of an all time classic TNA match from the fairground days. You got Chris Sabin taking on Frankie Kazarian, and um, you know the match was good. It was every bit as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, I was surprised that it went to a no contest. I honestly thought that Tony Khan was going to let Kazarian come over here and, and take an L to Chris Saban. Boy, did I really nail that one, too. I was completely wrong about that one. Oops. My bad. Still That's learning how it was the show. Um, Yeah, if you book AEW talent, they are not <laughs> going to lose. I didn't no. think that was going to extend to impact because we did see Christian lose. That yeah, one, that one time. No, um, that was it. And then yeah. Eddie Kingston lost to Ishii last week, but I guess the the, the partnership with New Japan and AEW is a little stronger. I would little say different, a little different. Um, now that being said, it did kind of make sense. I was okay. I'm not like yeah, 
too worried about this because storyline wise it does make sense frankie by the way is also being currently utilized in aew he is in a feud with scorpio sky and sammy guevara for the tnt title so it's not yeah. like he's not doing anything over there um, a lot of people think that they haven't seen kazarian in a long time it's probably because they don't watch rampage it's probably because they don't watch rampage there a lot of the tnt title stuff is being done on rampage which is the tnt show which makes sense so yeah. um yeah, uh, I don't know where we're going, but it looks like Frankie's going to stick around and do some stuff with Honor No More. So cool. Yeah, um, I, I think um, I, you know, without getting into spoilers, uh, he does come back the next night of tapings and he teams up with the Motor City Machine Guns to take on Honor No More. So um, and I don't know how that ends up, but and I don't know if he's coming to Slammiversary or not, but that's that's what's going down. That ends up with JD being really happy. That's going to yeah, be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Which part? So, Eddie, Eddie and OGK? I, I really don't remember. Oh, Honestly, okay. I just know that he teams up with the machine guns, which makes sense because it's the TNA like originals. Right. And then honor no more. They have moved their hatred from ring of honor to a TNA is what it's looking like, which I think is a cool story, but I'm um, okay with weird. it. I'm okay with it. Cause it makes sense. Cause ring of honor is under different hands now. So yeah. are they mad at TNA for not, why are they mad at TNA or excuse me? Uh, why are they mad at impact? I don't know yet. They said that Impact has been spewing lies for 20 years, and for 20 years they've been screwing Honor No More. And I'm like, Honor No More is about seven months old, guys. Or wait, no, they started in January, less than six months old. So I'm I'm failing to correlate why they're mad at this point, but they are definitely mad at Impact, and they're definitely mad at the history of TNA. Yeah, I don't understand that, because even the, they called them up like, you guys got fired, but you're here now. So, I mean, like... Yeah. I don't. I got. I got them being mad at Ring of Honor. That made perfect sense. Right, but they have to pivot now. Yeah, and their whole their whole thing is being mad at authority, right? Or being mad for a reason. But now they have to make that anger towards impact. So why can't they be mad at Scott for not giving them contracts? Because I think they have contracts now. But do they have? I mean, like, why don't they? Why can't they say you have provisional status? I mean, it's wrestling. You can make stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, right, they can be I, outlaws. Yeah, doesn't matter. I just, I just need a reason why we're angry. Like, why is Eddie angry? Yeah, I don't know. So, um, this this match ends. We'll we'll go. Uh, so after both men knock down one another, so the the match was essentially even between both guys. Uh, the referee started to count, but Honor No More hit the ring. Saban and Kazarian were no matches. They were quickly beaten down as Honor No More celebrated, making their mark against two of the most decorated stars in Impact history. So then they go backstage. Honor No More were backstage and putting down Impact's history. Before they say too much, they're interrupted by Heath and Rhino, um, who were talking trash. And then at one point, uh, Rhino called somebody a piece of crap, but they bleeped out the word crap. I think they were wanting us to believe that he said shit. But you, when you look at his mouth, he definitely said crap, and Impact bleeped out crap. I'm like, come on, guys. What are we doing here? I watched the YouTube version. I don't remember that happening. So I, I'm watching the Access version, and so maybe they were just trying to make it more edgy for Access. I don't know. That's pretty soft, man. I've seen some pretty – yeah, so Access has some pretty tough programming, and they show they show like rated R movies and stuff, and they don't yeah. really bleep out everything in those movies. So why would they do that here? Crap! Wow, that's yeah. uh, wow. That yeah, they they bleeped out crap. I have no idea, but I just thought that was funny. I decided to let everybody know that. Let me throw. I just had a crazy idea. Let me throw. You know who? You know who should get the one up and on? If I don't know more, hates Impact, right? And they want to strike back at all these TNA originals. You know who they have to bring in to give the final blow to honor no more jared absolutely yeah yeah so um uh, a friend of mine michael cavaccini who's writing the tna book 
was uh, had some back and forth with Dixie Carter, and he said, you know, Dixie said something. I hope I hope we get to see you at at Slammiversary. Is what something he said something to that effect. Or, and then I, I made a comment on there. I was like, I don't know how you could have the 20th anniversary without Jeff Jarrett, without Dixie, without Tanae and Don West. I don't know how you celebrate 20 years of the history without those four. I just don't. Now, I know I know Dixie tanked the company, but she did keep it alive for a lot longer than it would have been uh, had she not taken it over. So. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, all I'm saying is I just hope Jeff Jarrett comes in at some point for a one-off yeah. and hits Eddie Edwards with a guitar. Yeah, yep, me too. Uh, next, we got Bupinda Gujar and W. Morrissey. They defeated uh, Shira and Raj Singh. Uh, decent little match. Uh, probably the best I've seen Gujar do. Uh, you know, it's this is one of the situations where W. Morrissey is over. He's like really over. And so what you do is you put a guy like Bupinda Gujar, who you want to get over, you put him with Morrissey. And then all of a sudden, hopefully he will start getting over. And I think the crowd was into him tonight more than they really have been into him before um, but that I've ever seen. And uh, we know that Gujar's sticking around because one of his uh, latest videos uh, from a couple weeks ago, I think, a, a confrontation with Raj Singh is up over 4 million views on Facebook, man. So uh, that guy's got a decent little following there in India. That's the trick with the with the Indian fan base, right? Is you get a ton of Facebook hits, or excuse me, a ton of uh, YouTube views, but they don't really translate into anything because you can't really you can't really do a whole lot in the market, right? Yeah. Like you can't run shows there. Nobody buys tickets. Like the the monetization in India is not super expensive, but I guess it's good for them overall. And then the four million, you can't scoff at four million views. That's a lot. So, yeah. I mean, I like using Morrissey in the spot too. So. It's working for that, I guess. It's just tricky to monetize it. No one's figured that out yet. Yeah, yeah, no one's figured that out. Um, so next, uh, Miller was backstage with Moose. Moose stated that he's going to get his hands on Callahan before being interrupted by Macklin. Macklin stated that Moose needed to focus on their upcoming ma- uh, tag team match next week. So next week, Macklin and Moose are teaming up to take on Morrissey and PCO. PCO, who was just heel in the segment before... <laughs> Back to babyface here. I have no fucking clue what they're doing, and I don't think they do either with PCO, who well, is I, over as a babyface. Yeah, this is what I don't get. It's weird because again, I don't think we were being crazy. When we said, "Oh, they're probably separating PCO from Honor No More" because he never made sense in the beginning, and like letting him be. A, I mean, just don't have him show up with Honor No More anymore. It doesn't. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's like you don't even need like like they can do a quick they where they kick him out. Of the thing, and then he just you know feuds with them a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they, if that's what they want to do, or they could just pretend like it never happened. That's fine. Shit. That's we get that in wrestling all the time. People are like that didn't yeah. happen. I don't know. What like, hey, what happened to PCO? I was like, ah, oh, he's a t- goody two shoes now. You know what I yeah. mean? So P- Pucci went back to his home planet, and nobody ever asked again. <laughs> you know, that's we accept these things all the time in wrestling. I don't know. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then there was uh, at one point the uh, the lights flickered and there was a bunch of stuff happening and Moose got really scared. Oh so. God, I hate this is my least favorite part of the show because I mean I get it, I get it. Sammy Callahan is a hacker; he messes with things. But when you interrupt a feed, like if I start shaking my computer right now and like that shouldn't scare you, no, right? It doesn't because nothing happened where you're sitting. It only happened in the feed. I mean, it's like we're knocking on the door of Hulk Hogan looking in the mirror and seeing the ultimate warrior. <laughs> yeah. Or picking up his own head that or was clearly plastic. This... <laughs> Eric Bischoff is convinced that people don't respect him enough for being the genius that he is. I'm just going to let that out there. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, main event time. Uh, we had a hell of a main event, uh, I will say. Now, Violent by Design of uh, Young, Diener, and Doring, they defeated Josh Alexander and the Briscoes. So uh, Eric Young getting the victory here to keep him strong as he heads into the pay-per-view, which I think is a good idea. Um, really, really good match. We'll, we'll go towards the end here, and then we'll talk about it. Young tagged in Diener, who quickly charged at the downed Alexander before tagging Young back in once again. Uh, we saw quick back-and-forth tags between Young and Diener before commentary pointed out that Alexander was busted on the nose. Alexander refused to quit, however, and finally made the tag to Mark Briscoe. It was all Briscoes at this point as they nailed a double-team move for a two-count before calling for the Doomsday device. Before they could finish the match, Diener nailed Mark with the flag. Um, kind of reminded me of uh, of um, uh, the Sheep Herders and Johnny Ace on the outside with the flag. I was watching Sheep Herders versus Fantastics. I have no idea why. I wanted to watch it, but I just did, and, and that's what that reminded me of. But um, see, I was um, thinking it seemed like Jim Cornette yo, and uh, uh, Mr. Fuji with Yokozuna stuff, but <laughs> yours, yours is actually better than than mine. So I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll let that slide. Yeah, um, he nailed him with a flag and then managed to capitalize by hitting Mark with a Dean or DDT for a two count before Alexander made the save. Young entered the ring and attempted to nail Alexander with a pile driver while Josh attempted to hit the C4 spike, but both men failed. Young tossed Alexander to the outside, and before he could head back into the ring, was nailed with a running crossbody by a waiting Doring. Uh, they're back in the ring. Diener and Young were battling the Briscoes, looking to land a doomsday device of their own, but were unsuccessful. Mark started going to town on both men, but as he was heading to the top rope, he got nailed by Diener with Young's hockey mask. Young saw the opportunity, hit the pile driver on Mark, and it was a 1-2-3 for Violent by Design picking up the big victory before slam anniversary. Uh, I loved this match. I actually really like the finish. Uh, I don't mind the Briscoes taking the L here because Violent by Design cheated to win. And, um, and Eric Young is looking strong heading into slam anniversary. You know what I'm lo- My new favorite thing that people do is they get really mad when heels cheat to win. And it's like, yeah. good, good. That's how you're supposed. That's how you're supposed to feel. <laughs> like it makes yeah. me happy. I'm like, oh, good. The work still does work because I love, especially with podcasters. Like, you know, I just don't understand why these seals have to have to give us these, you know, cheating wins. It's like, because they're supposed to, and this is how you're supposed to feel. Like, it's just you want to know the over the most overused term in wrestling media and please. in wrestling podcasting. Please, please, overbooking. Oh yes. It's Everything over, is over. overbooking is an overused term. <laughs> overbooking means heels are cheating to win. That's it's what win. that means. If you want to see, if you want to see matches with zero story or heels aren't cheating to win, that go to Dragon Gate or something. Oh I, no, no, I, no, 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 oh no, 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 no! Don't go to Dragon Gate. I have oh, not watched Dragon Gate. Dude, in a long okay. Time. If you want to talk about overbooking, let me okay. tell you about Dragon Gate. <laughs> am like, I wait? So I, am I showing my ignorance big time? Yes, by the way, hundred <laughs> percent. Dragon Gate is not the company you want to talk about. Talk about okay. rings. Go watch rings videos. Rings. Yeah. Yes. You know, there you go. Watch some UWFI. Like that's yes. that's that stuff. Dragon Gate is not that. Okay. By the way, I, I have not seen Dragon Gate. I think I've seen one Dragon Gate match. So Dragon I... Gate rules, but it is like it is uh, it is like impacty in Japan. Oh, okay. Leave it at that. But the work rate is fantastic. But some of the they have very intricate deep story. I mean, this is not a Dragon Gate show. Um, right. <clears throat> but yeah, this yeah. is like I do. Everyone's got themselves worked. Like not every. And they're like, oh, we're getting we're getting count outs and disqualifications. Like, well, they're fine to have them. Yeah. Right. You just don't just, do what WWE does and abuse them all the there time. There you go. That's the yeah. key. Like these are storytelling tropes and crutches, devices, whatever you want to call them, but they're necessary. Yeah. Right. Just, it's just, just don't overdo them. Like I think Raw probably had, you know, six matches and five of them had DQs or something like that. See, you that's know, ridiculous. Like, don't, 
Yeah, don't do that. Tonight, damn near every match had a clean finish, mm -hmm. except for the main event, which had a heels cheating to win, which is great. That's what they're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Right? It's it's like, I, these people ever watch a Ric Flair match? He never won. And when he did, he was cheating. Like, he <laughs> yeah. never made a guy, he rarely made guys submit to the figure four. Like, that's not what he, I mean, do you, I, I really truly believe that a lot of these people really don't watch wrestling. Like, it's like they've literally worked themselves, I hate this phrase, worked into a shoot. Like, I hate that phrase. But I mean, yeah. like, I, I can't think of another way to describe this. It's like some people just like, they're so vehemently opposed to heels being heels. Heels should cheat. That's why they're dastardly. They're vile. They're, we're supposed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I thought this was an effective way to end the show. Um, and what you're doing is you're building up Eric Young, who two weeks ago we were saying did not seem like a, a very credible challenger because he has not won a lot of singles matches in the last year. Or so he's been primarily a tag team guy. He gets through the gauntlet. He he defeats uh, Chris Saban, who is a protected guy. And then here this week, he has a, a pinfall victory over a tag team champion. So now now they start that build to get him to slam averse. Um, and then, and then they have you know twenty years worth of footage to get you uh, hyped up for an Eric Young main event. So yeah, I agree. I do wish it does seem like this was not the plan six weeks ago. Yeah, it does feel. I do wish that they had been taking a pay per view or two to get him to this level, but we didn't. So we're here and we're making do with what we got. But in the last couple weeks, it's been better. Like I think they've booked Violent by Design well. I think they booked Eric Young well in particular, getting that pile driver over. So I mean, like it's uh it's been working. And I the match should be really good. The match should be really good. Yeah, match should be really good. And um hey everybody, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Stick around. You're getting some free Patreon content. And if you want this content each and every week and you get it early, you get it ad-free, you get it before everybody else does, go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and subscribe. I think we're just five bucks a month. You get tons of content. Uh, you, you get this show. You get it early ad-free with a, with an extra 30 to 40 minutes a week. Uh, you also get uh, John LaRocca and Garrett Gonzalez reviewing 1998 Raws. You get boxing. You got MMA. You got all kinds of content coming from uh, Fight Game Media. So please support the show support the network and, and help us out man but stick around we we got uh we're gonna start off hot on our what is typically our patreon section jd how do you want to start off well first of all we're talking about this patreon i listened to justin and fumi's show today Ooh. write that down it's a history of japanese wrestlers in america it oh, was yeah. fantastic there is not a better like just straight up history and wrestling podcasts than what Justin and Fumi do every week. And like that, I know like that kills usually on our, our views and downloads and stuff like that is write that down. So that's like, Oh, and it's, it's, there's a reason for it. Like those we'll, two we'll guys never be number one, as long as damn Fumi's on the network. And you no, know, Fumi kills wrestling. I love that. He's great. Yeah, I know uh, the competitor yeah. in me is all pissy about it, but I mean, in reality, I listen to the show. I'm like, this is great. And I text Justin yeah. all the time. Oh, I'm like you guys are awesome. Like as, yeah. a, as a history nerd, I absolutely love that. So if, if you're into oh, yeah. those kind of things, that is a Patreon thing. You're going to love is write that down. The AWA series was very good too, by the way. It was really good. It was really, like Fumi's got such little, like great little antics. Like today, today I just learned that Luthez babysat baby Nick Bachwinkle, and Nick Bachwinkle threw up on him 
as a baby. I'm like, that's amazing content. Where I had no idea that was a thing. And people uh, said, know, oh, yeah, it, very, it makes sense now because I have not listened to the show yet, but it makes sense now because Luthez worked in San Francisco, Leo Namalini, Warren Bockwinkle, Nick's dad Bingo. from San Francisco, and that's where Nick grew up. It makes sense that Luthez would probably would have known Nick Bockwinkle when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. All ties in together. Yep. It's amazing to think that one world champion threw up on another and no alcohol was involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hey, let's let's go ahead and start our typical Patreon our Patreon segment. We're gonna start off hot with a brace for debate. You want to do some brace for debate this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. I said okay. we were gonna debate, but I don't remember what we were talking about debating. So well, I'm not I sent prepared. you I sent you the graphic. I don't know if you got it, but uh, we want to talk about uh, whether or not Impact should send Josh Alexander to New Japan to compete in the G1 tournament. Um, so this was a question that JD brought up to the group. So JD, let's go, go ahead. ahead and hear your thoughts. I did say that. This was yeah. my idea. This um, was your idea. <clears throat> I forgot. I so we're ta- so I was thinking about this at lunch today. I'm like, who if I'm impact? Because I have a hunch that uh looking at the best of the super juniors right now, they have done New Japan has done a great job really leveraging their partnerships to just get new blood. And like for the best super juniors, we've got um Alex Zane who's kind of unaffiliated right now. He does some strong stuff, but he's <clears throat> really fresh off WWE. We've got our own Ace Austin. We've got Wheeler Yuta. We've got L Lindemann. They've got Teton. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of new blood in this tournament. It's really made it interesting. So I'm going to assume that this year for the G1, they're going to do the same thing and really utilize their partnerships. So I'm thinking, if I'm Impact, who do I send? Right. And yeah. I honestly didn't have an answer for this. So I was through, I threw it to our, our uh, brace for impact group. And I said, who would you guys do? And uh, I forget who said it, but they were like, someone said, Josh, our world champion. Was it you that said that? That was me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think I would do Josh. So, okay, you, know what so- I mean? you go first. Why don't you make the case for Josh and I'll make the case against Josh. Okay. Um, so I three, three points for, for Josh Alexander. A, if, if you send him over there with the title, you're going to take the title in front of a brand new audience or an audience that typically wouldn't see Josh Alexander with the championship. Kind of like what we're seeing with the best of the Super Juniors, but the G1 is more coveted and more important and a bigger event than the best of the Super Juniors. So you're going you're gonna to send Josh Alexander over in probably, not probably, in fact, the most prestigious tournament in wrestling today. Um, the, like the G1 is it. If you get into the G1, you're almost a made man, right? So you send you send your top star over there to compete against the best in the world, and you're gonna have stars from AEW. You're gonna have you might have some Noah stars in it because there's a relationship there. You're definitely gonna have all the New Japan stars in it, so you're, you're gonna have a lot of big stars. Uh, maybe not Noah because they do their N1 tournament, but I'm just saying you're a lot of the best wrestlers in the world are gonna be in this tournament. Someone's right? gonna break a hip if you put someone from Noah over there. <laughs> yeah, well, but wouldn't you like to see Nakajima in the tournament? Yes. How cool would that no. Be? No. I would not. And I'll t- and I will explain oh, why. Oh, that is okay. My, okay. Well, my reasoning. But continue. Okay. We'll 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 get to that. Okay. Uh, n- number two. You know, they just had the main event match with Ishii. Um, I think that if you send Josh over there and he loses a couple of matches, you can then bring the guys that beat him in Japan. You can bring a couple of those guys into the states to do rematches and to set up matches for, for down the road. Kind of like what we just saw with Ace Austin losing to Takahashi. They're already starting the process of setting up a future X division title match. Now, if that doesn't happen and that's not in the plans, then, then, then maybe there's an argument not to put him there, but, but that's fine. Uh, And then third, you're going to get Josh the opportunity 
to put on the best matches that he's had in his career. And he's already on a, a roll right now, starting from last year into this year where every match he has is a banger. Some of the, the his matches from this year are among the highest rated matches that Dave Meltzer has ever rated for this company in the history of this company. He's already had them. Now you're going to get to put him over in the G1 to where he's actually going to probably break that five-star threshold and people are going to start hearing, hearing his name in a positive light all over the wrestling world. A lot of people in the in the industry flock to that G1 to get those five-star matches. So there, there's my three points. Even if he loses two or three matches, I think there's only upside for Josh Alexander in the G1. I don't, I don't trust the booking with Josh Alexander because impact when you have, we've talked about before, when you're, when you have a partnership, you are at the partner's discretion, right? We get the stronger partner's discretion. Impact is not the stronger partner in this. Now, Ace Austin's been booked very, very well. Very. But I think he is the super junior is different than the G1, right? And bringing in juniors is different, right? Like, no, it's very, very rare for a guy to go from the junior division to the heavyweight division, right? And the junior division is really um, not ignored, but I mean, it's just kind of an afterthought. This tournament's been a lot of fun, but it's more for your hardcore wrestling fan, right? Best suitors always been, even in Japan, it's the hardcore wrestling man. The G1 is the premier thing, and New Japan booking is going to take precedence over that. So no matter what, you're I don't think he is going to take two to three losses. I think he's going to take four to five losses. When they brought Nakajima in 2016, he did okay. Right. right? He was okay. He was a Noah guy. So, and again, this we didn't get this version of Nakajima either, but he wasn't like a threat to win it, right? Moxley, when they came in in 2019, came out real hot. He was 5-0 to start and then went on a skid and wound up okay. Like, But he by the end of the tournament, he wasn't a threat to win. So I don't. I think if you're going to bring Josh in, take the belt off of him. Because I don't think you want to showcase your world champion to a new audience and tell that new audience that this guy is the champion, but he can't beat our, some of our other. He can't beat our guys. Yeah, but in, in New Japan, isn't it more important, the fighting spirit more important, and the match quality more important over there? I mean, Ishii never wins those things, and he's always among the MVPs of that tournament. Ishii's always there. Ishii lives there. Ishii is part of that. Is part of that. But Ishii is loved, but he never he never sniffs a main event. Unless it's like something that's like, oh, you get the main event this night of the G1, right? Mm-hmm. He's never been a top guy. That's why there's debate about whether he should go in the Observer Hall of Fame. Because like, if you just match quality, yes, he's there. But Ishii's not a top guy. I mean, he's not. He has great matches, but he's never, he's never going to be a guy who will be a champion. And then right. if you're going to bring in Josh once and he loses three, four matches, if, you know, he's not, I mean, they're not going to look at the Impact World title as on level with the IWGP title. Well, no, and it's not. Look at, look at, Linda, look at, look at Lindemann. Are you going to, like, that's, they've got, they've got the uh, Glates L- World Lindemann's champion. from Glate, right? Glate, yes. Glate. Glate? Glate. It's everyone oh. pronounced it wrong. It's like, Justin told me this. It's, okay. um. It's supposed to be – I'm trying not to get myself in trouble, but this is what Justin told me. Okay. It's – imagine if there was an R instead of an E and L in that word. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say yeah. it. I want to come off bad, but that's how it's right. supposed yeah, yeah. okay. um, You know, that's their world champion. Right. Is that really doing Glate any favors? Now, if you take the title off of Josh, put him over there, and he does all that stuff, 
fantastic. He will look great. But I think that if you put him as the champion over there, what does that really do for your title? Well, if if they if they send him over there and they book him the way that Ace Austin's being booked right now, where he's five and one, he just beat Ishimori today, who is the junior heavyweight champion, right? Who's uh, also- and he's lost to Takahashi. So, um, but it's, but it's different. Like they can, yeah. they look at a guy like Ace Austin and like, oh, we can use this guy. He doesn't like that. Could, he's a guy who could be New Japan, a New Japan talent, right? Right. And he could, because that's the thing. That's a that is an upward move for him. With Josh, do you want that to be that? Do you want that to be the future of your world champion? Right? Do you want that to be presented as well? This is a guy that can go there full time. Right. You don't. You want to keep him. You want to keep him here and keep him strong and keep him the champion of impact. I think you send Moose. I, I think I think Moose would do very well in that tournament. I really do. Even if he goes 500, I, I think that he's that's back fine. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be better. But I mean, yeah. like you want to. And that's why, like, if they send if AEW sends a guy, it's it's got to either be Danielson or somebody else like it won't be mox because mox has already done it and it definitely won't be hangman or punk or whoever whoever's the champion at the time sure as hell ain't kenny <laughs> no kenny's got other things on his Ken, that's a that's another story altogether right, but right. like they're gonna they're gonna send a work rate guy right yeah. and this probably that's why it's probably danielson because i can't think of any but i mean there's a lot of guys that want to but danielson is the dude but yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't send Hang- Hangman Page there because Hangman Page there is still a mid card guy, right? And if you send Hangman Page there with the title, the Japanese fans are gonna go, "Oh, I remember him. He used to be. He used to be never open six weight champion." Yeah, right. And that's what Josh is too. Like Josh, they don't know Josh Alexander. The title ain't gonna make him over there. Right. And Josh is not Josh works New Japan strong. Strong is but different. He, he but he's not book strong. He he's no. some lower level guys. He's undefeated there, but he's usually match one or match two on those shows, even though he's the champion. When so. I went when I went to uh the New Japan Chicago show, he's in the opening 10 man. Yeah. Right? He's just jo- on strong. Josh is just a dude. Why? Because he's impact. Yeah. He's but like, when like, Moose goes over there, they they put him in a bigger match. When Moose is there, they did they because, because Moose is a guy they can use. Yeah, right. That's a that is an that could be an upward movement for Moose. Right. That's different. Like they've already like Josh is the dude. We've said Josh is the dude, and when you have the dude, you got to protect the dude. Right. Yeah. How many times can I work that into a sentence? Like I you just watch Big Lebowski after this. Sorry. I, ooh, I think I might. Like <laughs> I just don't. I. I think, and again, if Josh, I'm not saying they're not going to do it. I'm saying like I don't know if it's the right move to do it with if he's got the title, right? Yeah. I think you got. I think you got to protect your title, especially the Impact World Title, because you're still rehabbing the company, right. right? You want your champion. I I'm a firm believer that you want your world champion to seem unbeatable, right? Especially like if he's going to go to New Japan, right? He's got to have a big match. Oh a, yeah a big match he has to be presented like a big deal strong i don't think like if if they're gonna have a guy from if they're gonna have an amer a strong american talent in that tournament it's gonna be tom oh that'd be great yeah it's, i mean I'm, it's gonna be that's tom's yeah. the star of the show right and now you got that strong title off of tom filthy so he can take some losses here and there and he'll look great doing it. he's got the fighting background so he'll be he'll be perfect like strong is really like tom and fred rosser's show 
mm-hmm. right? It's not Josh's. So, I mean, that's what I, that's you see what I'm saying? Like, we've yeah. already got a precedent set over here. Bring in the guy they don't know very well. Because one, they're going to look at Moose and they're going to be like, holy geez, look at this guy. He's going to stand out. He's super athletic. He's way better in the ring than anybody gives him credit for. Like, oh, yeah. Moose could be, it could be like a career defining performance for Moose. Man, I, I hate to admit this, but you might have changed my mind. Goddamn. You know, I, because just <laughs> thinking of Moose in that tournament could do wonders for Moose because even, even the people that, that continually want to hold his past against him, they will probably even, some of them won't come around, but a lot yeah. of them are like, well, look how amazing this guy is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he has this hanging over his head, but he's still fantastic. Right. And so they'll, they'll get to see him in a different light, which I, I, I agree. And I think that, I think both companies win if it's Moose. Like, I do think that because, you know, let's be honest, what has typically gotten over with the Japanese audience, they like the big American guys, always have, yeah. right? And um, there's not a lot of guys that look like Moose over there. There aren't. No, that can go like Moose. That can go like Moose. That's the thing. Like, Moose kind of like, he looks kind of like a Tony Atlas type physically, right? But he's so much better. Like he's no. so good. A million times more athletic than Atlas ever. Absolutely. Been, you know like I mean? he'll I think he could blow away those fans because they love they appreciate match quality. Yeah. Right. And I think that if Moose is put in that situation, he could really, really be somebody at the end of it. And really get the because again, we we're talking about impact, man. We do an impact show. We know that Moose is really good. I don't think a lot of people really get that. Like, I think Moose's um, past really defines him a lot to like, you know, our circle of wrestling fans and, you know, say what you want about that. I can't speak to that. I don't know what it is, but I think that, like you said, if you have a rehabilitation project, like let's say the Tessa Blanchard thing worked before (laughs) that it could have changed people's opinions, right? She made sure she made sure that was not to happen. (laughs) Yeah, she let everybody know she's not ready to improve. So. Moose does business, man. Yeah, yeah, he does. Moose does business. Yeah. I think that if I were Impact and I could send one guy, I would keep the belt on Josh and I would send Moose. And you also get to build Moose back up to re-challenge Josh because that is a feud that you can always go back to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you made some very good points and I would love to see Moose in the G1. Um, I, I'm so- going to. Now that we're doing a video show that apparently isn't live, I'm going to make a brace for debate graphic for the next time. Oh, yes. And we um, we don't need to force the debate. But if we have something that we as we talk about throughout the week, if we have okay. something that we know we're probably going to be opposite on, we'll stop the conversation right then and there. And then we'll do a brace for debate. We're like, save it. Save it. Brace for debate. Brace for debate. I love it. <laughs> and shout out God Illa for coming up with the name of that segment. So, yes, that, that thanks. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to do just a quick housekeeping, not housekeeping, but uh, Impact had a couple of uh, live event announcements. So on uh, July 1st and July 2nd, they are actually making their debut at Center Stage for Against All Odds and a, an event, uh, Impact taping called Southern uh, uh, Southern Hostility is what they're calling it. I don't know. That's that's the name of it. Oh, it's like a play uh, on Southern I, Hospitality. It's, yeah, but it's Hostility. Yeah, I don't know. it doesn't work, but okay. No, <laughs> no, no. They're not going to change the the graphics or anything during the actual event. That's just what they're calling it. Um, I think it's really cool that they're going to center stage, though. As an Me old too. WCW Saturday Night fan, I I, mm-hmm. I think that's very cool. I, I was worried that they might go back to the Coca Cola Roxy place, but uh, center stage is probably more what they can p- uh, put people in right now. I had a buddy that did some MMA fighting out at center stage. He said it's uh, it's a pretty cool place. I guess it's not quite the dump it was in the '90s. I think they've renovated it. So. They uh did. 
Yeah, I know Ring of Honor was doing stuff there too before they got shut down. Like it's cool, yeah. man. I like. I mean, it's it's center stage, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta do that. Yeah, and then they're heading back to to Louisville, um, and on July fifteenth and July sixteenth, that's the event that I was saying that they're advertising Matt Cardona for, who's also advertised at a GCW event that same night. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that. I don't know which one he's gonna be at, but he might have trouble making both dates. <laughs> yeah, because one's in L.A. and one's in Louisville. Uh, I hope, you know, just because I'm an Impact podcaster now, but I hope he's going to be working the Impact tapings. But he's on the poster. I don't know what he's going to be doing, though. Maybe maybe he goes to the GCW show on the 15th and then comes to the uh, the Impact tapings on the 16th and he can tape some backstage vignettes and do one or two matches. Well, I'm not – I don't watch GCW, so I hope he's in Impact. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, and I'm probably not going to start watching GCW anytime soon. Should we get into some GCW controversy? Oh, yes. Let's do that. Yes. Okay. So um, there's a big controversy. This guy, Mikey Gordon, who is a guy out of L.A. who has kind of helped out, work some uh, L.A. indie shows and things like that, apparently was helping uh, book some of the talent with GC. Not book them, but, you know, kind of help out getting the talent for the show and things like that, the the shows that GCW is doing in L.A. Well, apparently, now this is a complete accusation, right? So this is one person's story of saying this is what happened, this is what I did, and he has um, – Facebook Messenger messages that he is showing that is proof, uh, but in none of those messages does it outright say. So it's him and Brett Lauderdale, the the owner of GCW. Um, in no, in any none of those messages does it actually say, "Hey, uh, I'm hiring you to do this." So he does not have like actual evidence of this accusation that he's saying. So the accusation is is that Brett Lauderdale hired this guy Mikey Gordon to fake 50 COVID tests so that way they could hold an event in LA. Okay. So here here's verbatim what uh, Mikey Gordon said on uh, on a Facebook post to the Murder Death Kill Club, whatever that is. That's a Facebook group I guess dedicated to Nick Gage. But uh here here's what he says. Fuck Brett Lauderdale. Brett ran tons of shows during COVID because he got us to make a ton of fake, false, negative COVID-19 tests. What he's just admitting to is a felony, by the way. <laughs> so, um, said Brett made his money off the backs of guys like Nick Gage while paying him peanuts and handling Gage's social media and bookings. Okay, not surprised if someone tweets for Nick Gage. I think that's appropriate. I think it's a good idea. Um, who did Brett ever make famous? Joey, I'm a fucktar Janella. Joey got famous for being tossed off a building and got a contract. He's probably right about that. Uh, once AEW realized he had no talent, they benched and eventually didn't re-sign him. Why? Because he's a fucking unsafe dipshit who can't light a limb on fire. Actually, he can light a limb on fire. I saw him light his leg on fire. He can't put it fire out. That's his problem. Um, Brett doesn't get anyone a contract. Brett doesn't give his wrestlers a raise. How can you be an outlaw when you're sucking 70 McMahon's dick? <laughs> Sorry. Backstage at WrestleMania on comps she gave you. So apparently Brett's a sellout for going to Mania for free. Ask Atticus Cougar. Uh, he spelled Kogar. Uh, why he won't work for Brett. Ask it Mike. Is, what it is, is Kogar. What? It's Kogar. Kogar? Oh, I thought it's it was supposed to be Cougar. Cougar. My bad. It's Kogar. I, yeah, continue. Okay. I don't, I don't watch this shit. Uh, ask Mike Gavorgian <laughs> why he quit working with Brett. Now Brett walks into every town in America and promises all the local indie talent that he can make them a star when he really just underpays them and gets them to cancel their local bookings to get on GCW's 
um, GCW show. How do the rest of the GCW guys that came up with Brett feel that their fifty to one hundred dollar paydays, which are promised to be raised, are now used on guys like Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash, while the GCW talent pay for their own rental cars and hotels? Why? Because fuck Brett Lauderdale. I found Brett his first venue in L.A. My people made over fifty fake COVID test results so he could run shows during the pandemic. I paid talent, paid for accommodations, and split some costs so he could bring his guys to the L.A. area on. Uh, August um, August uh, 8, 2019, this would have been before the pandemic, by the way. November 7, 2019, also before the pandemic. October 17, 2020, which would be during the pandemic, and then in September 2021. So there you go. That's that's what this guy is uh, accusing them of. Uh, Brett Lauderdale uh, put out a statement to Fightful saying that he is not going to talk about it. He's consulting his lawyers. That right there sounds kind of fishy to me, but then uh, Joey Janela and Tony Depp and several other GCW stars have called bullshit on the whole accusation. This is a serious thing, and I know I kind of made fun of some of it because uh, the I thought the post was pretty funny, but <laughs> uh, this this is a crazy, a wild story that I honestly hope is not true, but if it turns out to be true, I'm not really all that surprised. I can't say I would be surprised if it was true. Um, a lot of the talent has said that's bullshit. Um but a lot of talent stood by Paul Heyman too in, in ECW when he was doing all kinds of craziness. So, I mean, like, it's not that I can't take people at their word, but this guy also comes off like an absolute lunatic. Oh, yeah. Like, he just admitted to me and my people committed multiple federal felonies. That's 50 <laughs> counts, by the way. You said you yeah. faked 50 COVID tests. That's 50 felonies. So, yeah. good luck with that. Um, this whole situation is really bizarre. Especially, I don't know. Like I said, a lot of the talent are calling bullshit, but it wouldn't surprise me if if Brett Lauderdale was doing something. I mean, this is a guy who ran shows in, I believe, like I said, it was September of, of 2020 at the height of the pandemic when uh, in Indiana, which I live next to Indiana, there's no law there, and people were getting sick and throwing up in the bathroom, and it was disgusting. Like, and he, he had to go on. I remember, he went on a fight phone and was like basically apologizing to people. Yeah, but and this was in like uh, during the pandemic, and it was outside in the heat, and like people were passing out in like in their chairs and stuff like that, right? Yeah, and people got there was like people were eating food and getting sick and throwing. I mean, it was supposed to be like pretty bad. That yeah. being, but that being said, like I don't know, I don't know the man. He's always come off to me as a little sketchy. <sighs> This whole thing is sketchy. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy was lying. It wouldn't surprise me if everybody was lying about something because it's wrestling. And, yeah. like, we don't see – it's nice because, like, wrestling is such a scuzzy business and, like, it's so corporate now, right? We don't get to see the scuzz anymore. So it's nice that, you know, there's still some scuzzy wrestling around that we can point and laugh at. Yeah. I, so I, I, right now it would, it's like unfathomable, fathomable to think that somebody would fake a COVID test because COVID tests are so easy to get right now. But back then no, it was you know, hard. in the height, they were yeah. not that easy to get. Like mm -hmm. you had to jump through hoops to get those tests. Right. Uh, and then they, when you did a lot of places, you couldn't get them for a couple of days. Um, you couldn't get the instantaneous results right now. You can get a test result in 15 minutes. No big mm -hmm. deal. Back then, it would take, you know, sometimes it would take, some places it would be an hour, some places would be two to three days, mm -hmm. right? And so, and you couldn't even get on a plane without those tests. You couldn't even travel without those tests. And if you wanted to get a permit for a show, you had to prove that you're doing all these things. So is it out of the realm of possibility that they would actually fake some COVID tests? I don't think that's that out of the, like, I could see why somebody would want to do that. I mean, it's kind of scummy, but I understand. 
Yeah, at the same time, though, like when you talk about that, like you need him to get on flights, you need him to get here, you need him to get there. Like, so you're faking these tests in California and then mailing them to the talent who lives out of state. I mean, like, there's also well, a lot they, of logistics stuff that doesn't quite click with me well, either. No, they were things. faking the results. So they were creating fake results, oh. right? Online. So, like, digital emails um, that looked official is kind of what it would look like to me. I don't know, man. This. <sighs> Anyone who, who goes out of their way to admit to felonies that they can later <laughs> go, well, I was lying. Right. Because again, yeah. you could say that if you didn't actually yeah. do it, you could say, well, I lied, you know, and then they, you can't, they can't, I don't know, man, this whole thing is, it's super, super suspect and super, super fishy. I would not want to do business with GCW, but no. I've also given them money for a couple of shows and been like, oh, I don't want to <laughs> do, like, why did I I don't do want, that. I don't want to do business with GCW. So, I mean, like, it's whatever. Yeah. Like I, the guy accusing him, I think his name's his wrestling name's called Dirty Ron. I I would not want to do business with somebody named Dirty Ron. That just sounds like a bad idea. Wrestling man. Yeah, Dirty Dirty Ron Dirty McDonald. Ron. Dirty Ron. <laughs> Dirty Ron and his fake COVID tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, why well, would I, you admit I, that? Why would what does okay? What does this dude stand to gain by doing this? He's just so, getting himself in trouble. I mean, what's he gonna do? Try to plead immunity? He's, like he's he's using like his shoot name uh in the in the post, uh, which is like, okay, dude, you're you're basically telling the cops to come and get you at that point. But why? What does he stand to gain? Like, that's everything. Like, when he does, why, what do you have to gain by doing this? Right. Uh, I, it's, it make it makes no sense. I mean, he's no, obviously trying to take GCW down because he feels wronged. He feel like he feels wronged about something, right? Maybe he was being disrespected. Maybe they didn't pay him the money that he thought he was supposed to get. I have no idea. But something happened where he feels wronged in this situation. And now you got Janela coming out saying, well, this guy does meth and he's on steroids, uh, which I'm like, I'm not surprised that GCW has guys working with him that do meth. Right. And steroids in the wrestling business since what the sixties. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, dude, I don't know the, I think this dude is sketchy. I think GCW sketchy. The whole thing is sketchy. Um, doesn't surprise me in the bit. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the guy. What, I don't, I was supposed to say, I think you saw it would have a field day in the GCW locker room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You walk in there and they would just blow the tests out of the water with uh, some of their piss. Oh, fake, fake piss tests. <laughs> yeah um well hey guys i you know i think i think that we're gonna go ahead and call this an episode man i'm really happy that everybody got to stay around with us and i'm excited that we finally got to use the Streamyard platform i i think this is gonna be a good thing for us going forward yeah man i'm I, this worked it took us a couple of weeks to figure it out thanks jeremy for giving me the crash course yes thanks, sir. thanks double g for teaching us how to use it i will be abusing this site as often as possible Absolutely, Mike. Absolutely, guys. Um, well, hey, man, since we're still like on the free feed, do you want to go ahead and uh, put a plug out there? I have nothing coming out this week, actually. I didn't write it. I didn't write any articles. Everyone's on vacation in Vegas, but me, I'm going to watch a pay-per-view on Sunday night. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, My Kickstarter, which finished about a month ago, everyone should have their stuff soon. Like all the books have been shipped. All the digital stuff has been shipped. And I've had a couple people who was, Hey man, I still want to get hold of these things. They're not going to be on Amazon for a few more months. So I was advised to move my campaign over to Indiegogo. So, um, Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you got, if you, if you want to read these books still and haven't had a chance, I will have a link. I just go to my Twitter page at JD underscore Oliva 
and uh, go ahead and pick them up on there because there's still gonna be a lot of stuff available. Like we don't have to worry about meeting a goal. So just put an order in there and you'll get your books in uh, a couple weeks. Sounds good, man. And uh, my article will come out at some point this weekend. Uh, we are going to do some stuff for Memorial Day. Uh, Memorial Day is a big holiday here on here on the island, um, especially given you know Pearl Harbor and things like oh, that. Oh, okay. So, uh, I'm going to go check out the Pearl Harbor Museum this weekend. I've been waiting to go do that, so I'm cool. excited about that. So um, lots of cool stuff happening here on the island. And uh, but I will get my article knocked out this week, and uh, hopefully some some interesting news comes out about Impact. <laughs> there wasn't really like a oh. Slow week. Yeah, yeah. Typically we have a slow news, you know, slow news week segment. Well, the slow news week was well, there wasn't much impact news. They they just announced some live dates. That's about it. So that's why, that's why we spent 20 minutes talking about the potential of faked COVID tests. <laughs> yeah, but I liked that conversation. I I I think that we worked through that one pretty good. But hey guys, that's gonna do it for us. And until next week, mahalo.